Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in the greater Greenville area of South Carolina. And I'm your host, as always, Stan McCune, realtor right here in the upstate, in Greenville, in technically Greer. And you have come to the right place for all of your Greenville-related, real estate-related needs that is what this podcast is all about, and I'd appreciate if you like the podcast. If you love the podcast, please smash on whatever app you're using the five-star rating button. Let's get as many ratings as possible. If you can just take 10 seconds to just write a quick review, again, make sure you're using uh, whatever app that you want to be using. I want to get as many reviews on as many different apps as possible, and make sure you also subscribe to the show Uh, to just ensure that you don't miss any future episodes. As always, my contact information is in the show notes if you need to reach me for any reason. That is the way to do it. You can text, you can email, you can message me on social media platforms, whatever you need to do, Uh, but you can just go to the show notes and reach out to me there. All right, Uh, today I want to talk about how Greenville is comparing to some other major metro areas when it comes to appreciation. We've talked about this. This is the hot button topic, right? I try to stay relevant for you guys. My most listened to episode, last I checked at least, um, actually my most uh, multiple episodes that were the most listened to were ones where I directly addressed the pandemic while we were in the pandemic. Uh, And you could argue we still are in the pandemic um, I, that's not the point that I'm trying to make, but when we were in lockdown, you know, absolute chaos mode with the pandemic, those episodes were, re- were relevant to people. A lot of people listened to those. Um, so I try to keep on, uh, the crest of the wave in terms of the data that I'm providing you guys. And today, um, I want to talk about Greenville in comparison or in contrast to other markets, because this is an interesting topic. Everyone is talking about, okay, there's this uh, great reshuffling that's happening, uh, and and Greenville is kind of right in the middle of all of that. Uh, 60 Minutes did a special on this, and, and they briefly highlighted Greenville. And so we have people coming from all over the country coming to Greenville, and I've experienced this personally. I'm constantly, pretty much weekly, getting... Uh, contacted by people that are looking to potentially move to Greenville from out of state. And so that's great. But what is causing a lot of consternation amongst people is, okay, so prices are going way up in Greenville, right? We know this. We've talked about this in, in other episodes. Prices are going way up and people are moving here from other parts of the country and they're bringing cash and they're, they're you know, being aggressive they're looking to, to purchase uh, you know, investment properties as well, perhaps. All of this type of stuff going on. Is that going to cause Greenville to ultimately become just way more expensive than, uh, than it should be in comparison to the rest of the country? Is it a situation where actually Greenville will soon be no longer affordable in comparison to these areas that people are moving from. Now, I have looked at data just over the the months and years of other markets and seeing what they've done during the pandemic, and I knew anecdotally that that was not true, at least in comparison to 
some of the major metro areas. And I have some theories on, on why that is. But I wanted to actually get into the data and actually make sure that what I anecdotally think um, is actually supported by real data, particularly now that, that we pretty much have uh, the data on um, on home values, what happened with, with home values and appreciation over the course of 2021. Um, so I have some data from uh, from bizjournals.com. They have some really great data. Um, I've got some other data from a source that, uh, let's see here, what is the source? Apologize. The source is the AEI Housing Center. And then I have some data. I'm cross-referencing the Greater Greenville Association of Realtors market stats for the month of January of this year, where then we can look at what happened basically all of last year. I'm cross-referencing all of this data, um, which is the best data that I've been able to find um, that kind of discusses what is happening nationwide in the market. Let's start with Greenville. And and again, to remind you guys, when we talk about Greenville, when we're looking at these GGAR market stats, we're looking at not just Greenville, not even just Greenville County, right? Because this is what is being in the Greenville MLS. Well, the Greenville MLS is far and away the largest MLS in this area, but there are other MLSs. There's Spartanburg, there's Greenwood, uh, there's Western Upstate, which is kind of like Anderson, Pickens, all of that. Um, and uh, and there are a few other little ones here and there. Um, and so what happens is some people that are in their small little MLSs will only post in there, uh, but then you get the people that are only in Greenville MLS or just don't think that they need to use, for instance, Spartanburg MLS. They're just going to plug you know, a Spartanburg listing into, into Greenville. And so uh, long story short, the majority of listings end up in Greenville, regardless of whether it's actually Greenville County or not. Um, and there are a handful that don't end up in Greenville that end up in Spartanburg or in Western Upstate or in Greenwood, et cetera, et cetera. So these stats are not specifically Greenville County. These are, again, the greater Greenville area, which could include parts of Pickens County, Oconee County, Spartanburg County, Greenwood County, Anderson County, et cetera, et cetera. You guys get the point. Um, so it's not necessarily apples to apples in comparison is the point that I'm making here. We're looking at the greater Greenville area, but remember, I did a podcast that talks specifically about individual markets. If you want to go back and listen to that, that was a couple episodes ago where we talked about individual markets. In this case, because Greenville is, you know, Greenville City is not very big, right? Greenville City is, I think, last I heard, like 70 or 75,000 people. Um, it's Greenville County. It's the greater Greenville area that really starts to compare to those bigger metro areas. I think we're in the the six to 650,000 person range when it comes to uh, the the Greenville metro area, uh, Greenville County and and you know, just around that. Um, so that's where we really start to compete with some of these big metro areas. And that's really what the GGAR stats are focused on. So even though it's not apples to apples for you statisticians, for you engineer brains out there, it is not apples to apples. But I think it's a closer comparison 
than it would be if I just compared the city of Greenville to all of these other cities. And the city of Greenville is so unique in comparison to the county. I think looking at the entire area is better. Okay, all of that to say, what we saw in the greater Greenville area for the month of 2021, this is easy to remember, because Greenville ended up experiencing right about 21% appreciation. So in 2021, we saw the median sales price go up roughly 21% as opposed to what it was at the end of 2020. So 21%, keep that number in the back of your mind. Now, here's some trivia for you. What do you think was the market, not in Greenville, but nation, nationwide, nationwide, what am I saying? Nationwide that saw the greatest appreciation in the U.S., okay? I'll give you a second to think about that. It makes a lot of sense. It's not going to surprise you because there have been a lot of people, um, if you listen to Joe Rogan, for instance, he's talked about this a lot, that it's Austin, Texas, Austin, Texas, um, in 2021, saw the greatest year-on-year appreciation of year-over-year appreciation of 44.6%. That is more than double what the state of South Carolina or what the the area of Greenville experienced. More than double, 44.6%. It went from uh, 377,000 in 2020 to 545,000. Uh, in 2021. We know exactly uh, why that happened. And that was because of all the disaffected people from California uh, that decided that they didn't like, you know, how much they were getting taxed in California. They decided to move to Texas and to start their own kind of little Silicon Valley community um, there in the Austin area. Austin, 44%. Second place, and and I'm I know more about Austin because Austin has been kind of under the limelight. I'm I, I know more about Austin than a lot of these other areas, so I'm not going to give commentary on each area. I'm just going to kind of run through some of these. Um, second place, and this is per BizJournals.com, Fort Myers, Florida, went up from 258 to 351. That is 35.8 percent appreciation. Another Florida location, North Northport slash Sarasota slash Bradenton uh, went up from 302 to 409. That's really close, 35.5% appreciation. Boise, Idaho, this is one that I've heard uh, a lot about recently. 33%, that went from 376 to 501. Um, another one, Phoenix, Arizona went from 324 to 427. That's 31.8%. Ogden, Utah went from 374 to 491. That's 31%. Um, and now we get to the southeast, finally. This is, this is the first one in the Southeast that makes the list. Interestingly, it's number seven. It's, well, uh, unless you count Florida. I do not count Florida as the Southeast. Florida is like its own uh, little country. You know, they're, <laughs> they're an anomaly in comparison to the rest of the Southeast in so many ways. Um, Raleigh, North Carolina went up from 305 to 399. That's a 30.7% increase. Number eight is Provo, Utah. Went from 415 to 539. That's a 29.8% increase. Tampa went from 252 to 327. That's a 29.7% increase. And then we get our third, our fourth rather from Florida. Four out of the top 10 are Florida. Unsurprisingly, people love Florida. No income tax, uh, great weather, beaches, all those things. 
Uh, Daytona Beach went from 239 to 307. That's a 28.5% increase. Number 11 is Lakeland, Florida. Um, that one is 28%. I'm not going to get into all the weeds here. Number 12 is Spokane. Number 13, Melbourne, Florida. Number 14, Jacksonville, Florida. Number 15 is another one in Utah, Salt Lake City. Um, and now we start to get where we're starting to get closer to Greenville. Here's number 16 on the list is Atlanta. Atlanta went from 265 to 338. That's a 27.4% increase. Nashville, also somewhat comparable to Greenville in some ways um, in terms of the demographic, in terms of you know location-wise, in terms of kind of the way the city is made, made out in some ways. Obviously, it's, it's much bigger than Greenville, but 309 um, in uh, the end of 2020, up to 393 thousand um the end of 2021 that's a 27.1 change number 18 is charlotte okay here we go we're getting really close to greenville now charlotte still had greater appreciation than greenville went from 264 to 336 very interesting right that's a that's an increase of 26.9 percent um followed by uh las vegas knoxville tennessee uh riverside california stockton california um, Colorado Springs, Colorado, Dallas, Fort Worth, Tucson, San Diego, Orlando, Charleston, South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina, very close to Greenville, went up from 297 to 366. That's a 23.3% change. Um, then we have Denver, Miami, um, and that rounds out the top 30. Greenville and, and Miami, number 30 on the list was 22.3%. So what does all of that mean? I just threw a lot of data at you. It means that Greenville is not only still very affordable, but I believe it should also continue to remain more affordable in comparison to these major metro areas because it's not keeping up with those areas in terms of sales price appreciation. Now, what's the reason for that, right? That might seem counterintuitive, that an area like, you know, Stockton, California, for instance, is appreciating at a quicker level than Greenville is. It might be counterintuitive that, you know, even Miami in, in some ways is experiencing still greater sales price appreciation uh, than the greater Greenville area is. And I think that this is the reason. I think, generally speaking, from what I've heard, and I know that it's not trending in the right direction, but up to this point... Greenville has been more developer-friendly than a lot of these other areas. And so what that means is um, we allow developers to develop more cheaply than if they were to go into, for instance, Charleston, or for instance, Miami, or for instance, these other areas. And so what that means is more developers are willing to build housing in this area, which results in uh, inventory levels not being as low as they are in some of the areas that I just mentioned, um, which then helps for, for things to not appreciate at such a dramatic level as they have in different parts of the country, right? So as long as we have more developers building more houses that should help to keep appreciation somewhat under control. Now, I still, I, I understand 21% uh, appreciation. That that what it was was essentially an increase from 240 
to uh, what did we end with uh, at the end of this year? Um, it went from uh, essentially 240 to 287. Um, that is a huge, huge increase uh, for for one year. Um, and and those numbers aren't exact, but it, it's roughly speaking that was that was what it ended up being around 20 to 21 percent. Um, depending on, depending on what numbers you look at, I got that 21% number from another fact sheet I was looking at that number 240 in comparison to 287 is closer to 20%. Uh, but regardless, you see the trend that Greenville is still stay. It's not necessarily staying affordable per se, um, because we've looked at the housing affordability index that's going down. But again, comparing it to these other areas that people are moving from, it's still remaining more affordable than those areas. And I reference the uh, the months of inventory being a big aspect of that. And yes, that is a um, it's a really big uh, aspect of that because ultimately there is a direct link, a direct tie between how much inventory there is, how many homes are for sale, and how affordable they are because of, of simple supply and demand. Um, and right now, demand is high, supply is low, prices keep going up, but supply is higher than in some other areas. So um, I, I've referenced this before, uh, but the GGAR defines uh, month supply of inventory as the inventory of homes for sale at the end of a given month divided by the average monthly pending sales from the past 12 months, okay? So that is how they're kind of determining month supply of inventory. There are, um, I'm, I'm not sure how, if every market does it this way, but based on that formula, we ended the year with 1.6 months supply of inventory. That's very, very low. Um, we had been, as I've mentioned before, hovering between three and four months inventory for a really, really long time until the pandemic really tightened things up. So now we're down in the one and a half uh, months of inventory range. And, you know, what I consider to be a comfortable market is probably, it was a pretty comfortable market in that three to four months of inventory range. Still a seller's market, but not a nutty seller's market, if that makes sense. You would list your house, you would have some showings here and there, after two, three, four weeks, you'd have someone that came in with an offer that was maybe $5,000 or so below what you listed it for, um, maybe $10,000 below, and then you'd split the difference and end up on $5,000 below. And it was just a, it was a, a market that was still a very good market to, uh, to sell in, and also not that terrible of a market to buy in. 1.6 months of inventory is obviously a great market to sell in, but it's still it's an intense market to sell in because you know if you're having you know 15, 20, 30 showings over a weekend, you basically have to you know stay in a hotel or something like that. So these are all things to keep in mind uh, where we're at and and what is driving all of these different uh, factors. And yes, if you compare month supply of inventory versus other markets, it starts to make sense. Now, um, the uh, I have another, uh, I, I reference the um, AIE Housing Center data. I'm looking at that as well um, for month supply of inventory in these different markets. Um, and, and it is very telling. 
Um, so Seattle, Washington is the lowest on this list. I can't even I can't even exactly see where they're at, but it looks like it's about um, maybe uh, maybe 0.3 months supply. 0.3 months supply. I can't imagine what that would be like. That has got to be an awful market to try to buy in right now. Denver, not much better, around 0.4. San Diego, not much better, maybe 0.45. Uh, um, so not even not even half a month's supply of inventory. Um, finally, we, we get to a market that has just over half a, a month of uh, supply of inventory. That's North Point, Florida. Um, Columbus, Ohio, right there with it, just over a half a month. Sacramento, California, just over a half a month. San Francisco, just over half a month. Half a month. Um, Charlotte, here we go. Here's why Charlotte um, has seen prices go up way more than Greenville. They are just over half a month's supply of inventory. Same thing for Raleigh. Um, Same thing for Nashville. Same thing for Phoenix. Um, One thing that's a little bit of an anomaly on here is Atlanta um, is actually very comparable to Greenville. They're in that 1.6 month supply of inventory range, which is maybe 1.7. So that's a situation where where they're pretty much neck and neck, um, but appreciating, it's appreciating a little bit faster in some ways. And, um, you know, I I don't know enough about this market to offer commentary on that. Um, But that is what we're seeing is that generally speaking, in comparison to these big markets, Greenville has more supply, more housing. And because it has more housing, more supply, it's able to uh, absorb the demand. It's able to handle the demand a little bit better than these other areas. And so as a result of that, what we can expect is we can't expect prices to continue to go up. They will continue to go up. I, I you know, when I I haven't gotten this question in a while, but I remember, um, you know, there have been multiple times I've gotten the question from you know perhaps more novice buyers or more novice investors. When are prices going to go down? They are not going down. If they go down, we have had a major, major crash, a major recession that has completely blown everything up. Um, what they, what we anticipate they will do is that they will slow down. I would be surprised. Now, the start we've gotten has surprised me in terms of how hot it's been, but I would be surprised if prices in at the end of this year have gone up 20 to 21% in comparison to what we ended with at the end of 2021. I do not think that Greenville is going to see that level of appreciation. Um, I think we will see a little bit of a slowdown, mortgage rates going up, people, you know, just kind of getting tired, dropping out of the market, this or that. Um, I I think it will slow down a little bit. That's kind of what I'm anticipating, although I certainly would not put any money on it. Um, But that will probably be something that happens market-wide. And ultimately, those that are moving to Greenville from other areas... Um, or purchasing real estate from other areas, yeah, they're gonna, they're going to keep seeing those prices go up. But as you know, they live in their home in San Diego, where prices are going up really quickly. They're going to notice as prices are going up in Greenville, it's not quite as fast. So that is something that I think is is a helpful piece of information as we're thinking about 
the market. Not every market is the same. Greenville, and that's something I always warn people about. When I talk about general, because sometimes we talk about just general real estate stuff in this podcast, but it's always through a Greenville lens because I have no idea what's going on in Sacramento. I couldn't sell you a house in Sacramento. I have no idea what the market's like over there. Um, Now, I've got my company has a relocations department. I can connect you with a realtor in Sacramento um, if you need me to. But I personally, I have no idea what the market dynamics are over there. Greenville tends to um, tends to be a little bit more of a level market during recessions and slowdowns. We tend to not uh, recess as much as other markets. And during booms like what we're experiencing now, we tend to not boom as much as other markets. It's not the Greenville real estate market is not as bullish or as bearish as the other markets uh, as the other markets fluctuate. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. Um, I hope that was helpful data for you guys as you're thinking about, okay, what is Greenville like in comparison to the rest of the country? Um, If you have any questions, please let me know if if you have any insight or any data that you want to share on your specific market. If you're from out of state, I know a lot of my listeners are. Uh, Please feel free to share that. All of my contact information is in the show notes if you don't have it. Um, Again, reminder, please subscribe. Uh, hit five stars, leave a little review. I'd appreciate if you guys could do that just so that uh, I get as many listeners as possible to this podcast. I really appreciate it. That's a small way you guys can show your appreciation for the show. And I hope you guys have a phenomenal rest of the week. Stay warm. It's chilly this week. Stay warm out there. Stay safe. We'll talk to you next time.